Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your Monday? It's uh, Martin Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It is. Yes, a special holiday today in the United States. Did you Did you get the day off? I did. Yes. Um, watch. Hung out with kids. Slept in. Did some work in the garage and played Zelda today. Nice original Zelda. Yes, the, with the gold. Uh, the no gold cartridge. Good, good question. No, on, on the NES. I I am. I, I didn't I, think that was the case, but uh, uh, I considered it because it's sitting over there. So I have. I think we might have talked about this at some point in my in our past forty years of recording this podcast. I have a bunch of original game consoles. Um, from mm-hmm. the eighties, um, I have I'm look over here. I'm look, I have um, NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis, Nintendo sixty four, uh, uh, any the NEC, TurboGrafx sixteen, PlayStation two, three, and that's oh, and and the um, and the Wii. Those are all mm-hmm. together and all and in my old house they were all hooked up to one TV and you just turn them on and play with all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since I've moved over here, I have to think of a new solution type stuff. Uh, I've got them on a nice, real cool looking, neat shelving unit uh, with plenty of air and such. And I've got the wire. I put all the wires with zip t- ties so it all looked nice and everything. Um, but so at the bottom of the shelf are outputting like the TV out to TV wires and then the plug wires. Um, mm-hmm. And I just recently kind of mentioned that I have a, a projector in my game room is, is my primary viewing source now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I picked a projector that had a couple HDMI inputs on right. it and, and other kind of component inputs. But these are old, you know, they, they don't always, they don't take all the stuff. So I have, what I'm working now on. Now I th- go ahead. think, if I recall, the NES has a cable coax plug. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. I believe so. And and do you have did you, I I didn't catch the full list there. Do you have anything older than that? Uh no, cuz I don't have an Atari on there. An Atari. So we had a 2600 that my mom put in the garage sale and I remember I feel like you know this has been I don't know 30 plus years ago now, but I remember that it had antenna connections. Is that right? Yes. Well, it's like the origi- it's, it's like the two so for the has a great a, a... Did I lose you? Oh, I heard you there. You were going very roboty and then it, you you went uh, away. Let me pause Dropbox. I forget to do that sometimes. Um yeah, the the two screw terminal. If you're if anybody knows any electronic stuff, you would get like a U uh, shaped connector. I don't remember what this is called, but the either the back of the TV or the console itself or both had these screws, and you would loosen them up. You would put that U terminal under it, tighten it back down, and it was for connecting your TV to an antenna, like a UHF antenna, hmm. and. You would use one of those to connect. Maybe it was just an old TV we had that didn't have a coax uh, input because you could get a little adapter Maybe. to just run a ca- what we used to call cable because it's the same cable that you still use for cable internet or cable television is that uh, screw threaded uh, 
coaxial or coax uh, uh, cable. And I don't think, I don't think it was to, now in my personal chronology, there's a gap, right? Because we went from the NES to the PlayStation 1. So we missed the Super Nintendo, the Genesis, Sega Saturn, like whatever was in between those generations. N64 was of the same generation as the as the PlayStation 1 yes. and we got one of those later um but we didn't have it when it was current gen tech i think it was 3 or 4 years later when uh, my brother-in-law got one as a graduation gift and left it with us when he went to college yeah the, the, that um, actual console is i did the same thing is that as um i didn't get it cuz i was big PlayStation i kind of went over to PlayStation at that time to Sony and did not like the Nintendo 64, nor its games. Uh, Trotsky right. had it, and he has always been a Wii, or sorry, a Nintendo faithful. Um, sure. And so there he, were, both both systems had their sort of pros and cons. Nintendo is often, oddly, at, at, the, at the forefront of like new input technology, like controllers and, and motion tech and stuff. And sometimes... They also have a reputation for having more family-friendly games, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and well, the, some of that some of that worked in their favor, and some of it worked against. But I know there are a lot of you know beloved games on the N sixty four, but it definitely had a lot of issues. The controller was very weird, but you know yeah, they were it, the first ones to have a analog stick. It was just very weird uh, implementation. Well, they that. they had a. They did, yes, their controller, you're right, their controller was like Nintendo does, and, and you have to give them big credit for, you know, always sticking with the out-of-the-box thing and going for it, and put it going all in on mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. You know, that they were, not that we don't get too much into this history thing, but they were, like, head, head and tails, like, six foot above every other competitor in the market, um, coming in uh, with Sony... Um, being their real competitor with Genesis, and then they go into the next generation. So not sorry, not Sony, um, Sega, Genesis, and then yeah. um, the 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 Nintendo sixty four didn't come out for a long time. They advertised it in the arcade games a lot. They used to call it Ultra sixty four, um, mm. and they were advertising it a whole lot. So which is kind of a discredit to them because everybody knew about it for a long time. You know, coming soon to the Ultra sixty four, and they weren't out for a long time. And then the Dreamcast came out, which was Sega's upgrade from Genesis. Oh, right, right, right. And at the same time, Sony got into the market with the PlayStation 1. Um, both of those two decided to opt for CD technology for storage, mm-hmm. whereas Nintendo yeah. uh, was uh, absolutely 100% against it. it the load times, they said, were atrocious. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have right. it. And they were sticking with the tried and true cartridges cartridges um so and they wanted to do this new batman controller thing um yeah and so sony at the time they took their their big chance with their controller and made what we even feel today is the dual shot controller it still has those two hand things that go into your palm even to today um yeah where it used to be just a brick right like the nintendo and everything was just a brick mm-hmm. um so anyway that that all came out and nintendo took a long time. I'm just off the top of my head from my old memory, at least a year after the PlayStation had come out. And I was going to be Nintendo. Like, I love Nintendo. I was, every game on there, I was all about it. But everyone was playing all these incredibly great games 
when the PlayStation came out. And right. it just kept getting cooler and cooler. And then everything was coming out there. And then finally, fi- final, finally, Final Fantasy came out with Final Fantasy VII. And they chose the mm. PlayStation. And they were a Nintendo shop. And they were like, it, there's no oh, way right. it can fit onto a, a, a cartridge. And this is going to yeah. take at least two CDs. Um, so, you know, oh, if you want to play the, the leading RPG in the world, then you should go to PlayStation. I was like, all right, I did it. And I and I, I went. Never looked back because Nintendo 64, besides Mario games, which they still had, they had Perfect Dark, Conker's Bad Fur Day, and GoldenEye. Those were the only things that were, you know, besides Nintendo and Zelda, uh, that were worth. Was was Star Fox first party? Star Fox is first party, and that was on. Now I don't know if they, I don't know what they had for their Nintendo 64 they did offering, a, but they did do a Super yeah, Nintendo one. They did a version on SNES. I've never played it, but the. Uh... Um, the N64 version is the one I think people usually talk about. Really? Because I think I I only knew the Star Fox when it because that was the first Star Fox it was on Super Nintendo, and I did not yeah. like it. Well, like I like I said, we didn't have an SNES, so I don't. Yeah, uh, it, it was it was fully remember. in like polygons, right? Like it was. Yeah, the three D. I've seen wanted, you know, I've seen pictures of the or screenshots of the. Uh, Super Nintendo version and it it looks bad. Yeah, I, I hated it. I mean, I mean the they, N64 version is not great now either. If you look yeah. at it from uh, today's people like Trotsky lost their mind because of course it's being a neophile. He's like, oh my god, this is polygons and and true 3D and it's amazing, but it just looked like terrible blocks to me with you know janky stuff. Um, but anyway, that's a long way to say that I I have the Nintendo 64 over there, but I only have like one game and it's Dark Forces. Um. Hmm. So I anyway yeah. I I I went I got us lost on a tangent here. You'll have <laughs> to. Uh, so in my memory, we started with coax, and then yes. the sure. the consoles got the RCA, the red, yellow, and white connectors. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think with the N sixty four and yes, that generation. Uh, and PlayStation version, and then of course yep. the. The original Xbox came out around the PlayStation 2 era, along Correct. with the GameCube. Correct. All of those, probably plus or minus a couple of years. And those had and then co- it's uh, been RG, RCA jacks, too. They, those had those. those. Those were still RCA jacks. And then I think the PS3, what would it be? The, the PS3, uh, um, uh, Xbox 360, and what, the Wii had... HDMI. Did the Wii have HDMI? I, Probably not. I'm looking over there. It does not. It does not. Maybe whatever yeah. would like the Wii U or something. Probably anyway, Wii U. Um, yeah. They started at that generation. The PlayStation 3 generation had HDMI, but everything before that didn't. And I assume that your projector doesn't have anything older than HDMI now, as an input. I intentionally got one that does have like uh, RCA jacks and inputs into mm. it and, and component cables. Because still, okay. component cables are pretty high quality stuff to put in if you've got the full like five set of stuff um, sure. coming coming out. But oh, I mean, component. that's rarely I, I used. I forgot about component. Yeah. Right. But but the, the long and short of all this was that I um, have decided that I'm going to rework my, my stuff this go around. And um, there is a lot of adapters out there now that you can plug in mm-hmm. and it will put output a an HDMI signal for all those yes. old consoles. Yep. Uh, so I'm I got my first one yesterday, 
and it was the Super Nintendo one, and it works just fine. Plugs it, you know, plugs right in to the back of the, the Super Nintendo and plugs into the the projector and ta-da, Bob's Drunkle, and it works just fine. Um, nice. so that means I got my Super Nintendo up and running, and I'm going to start next one will be the NES. The thing is that these for the good ones they're like thirty bucks, so mm. you know it's putting money into these old things and. I have like six machines. It's you know, it's not cheap to just get these old game machines up and running. Um, but I mean, some of those, some of those had like a proprietary connector. But couldn't you just get a? Um, oh, they do. They all. They definitely do. Yeah. Couldn't you? For some of them, couldn't you just get like an RCA to HDMI adapter box? I could. So you could go from the wire to the adapter box to whatever. Y- yes, you absolutely can. That's one way. It, the more the more junctions you go through, the more problems you have. Of course. Of course. Um, the, more, the more complex the system. Right. I thought you were going to say that you lose quality, and I was going to uh, make a remark about the quality of an 8-bit game uh, <laughs> well, being lost. <laughs> again, to be fair, there is a loss of quality. I, I'm I'm playing um, uh, Zelda: Link to the Past uh, for the Super Nintendo now, and it definitely, if I take it out and put it from when it's old cable right into the TV, it has a better picture than when it goes through this H, this HDMI converter. Mm. It, it's just yeah, it's fuzzier. It's fuzzier along the edges of not now the edges forget, of the thing. Like every block is a little fuzzier. I forget if you have said this, but your projector is not mounted on the ceiling. No, it is not. It is okay. So you're not worried of worrying about like how you get cables up there because if that were the case, I would definitely say. And again, you know, yeah. as you said, you're dealing with a loss of quality, and there are probably uh, ways to mitigate that. But if that were the case, if it were me, I would have some setup like a single HDMI running through the projector, and then yes. Yes. a switcher of of some kind. And, uh, and that, that down, came today. Down at the... <laughs> the, nice. I, I got a five-port switcher for for HDMI stuff down for below. It, it, while my projector does have two, I you know I have this one switcher for the stuff, and then my PlayStation goes directly to it. But yes, I two I is not going to let you plug in. in I would love seventeen to game put it consoles, in the ceiling, but I, I am not. Um, I'm not confident to to jump off of the light. Like my fan, a ceiling fan in here, and create another outlet through the ceiling. Oh, sure, sure, you know, sure. Because it all comes down to really how long your power cord is. Um, yeah, because that's gonna yeah. run. And your this is probably not an issue with electronics like a projector, but very often the um, the circuit, the 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 electrical circuit for your lights is a lower amperage. Than mm-hmm. the one for your outlets, okay. right? Because in your outlets, you're going to plug in hair dryers and yeah. uh, waffle irons and and stuff like that. Where your lights are just going to be lights, right. right? You're not going to do like my grandparents did and plug a, a one of those things that turns a, a light socket into an outlet. Yeah, right. So you can plug plug Christmas lights into it or whatever, right? Um, and well, I mean, and Christmas lights are still just lights, but you're probably not going to take a circuit for your ceiling fan and somehow plug a waffle iron into it. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I, I mean, 
that see, but, it's, it's stuff like that that I I don't know enough and ele- and I know that electricity is enough that you don't mess with it, right? You just don't sure, you don't put too much sure. into a to an outlet. You don't put too much into a ceiling thing. You just don't. You know, and have, I mean, have, have a professional come out and do it. That's something you could obviously like look at the circuit, see what it is, and also look at the UL. I think it's UL, but like electronics have they're required by law to have all of their specs like mm. printed on the back. And you can look at what it pulls, like a a projector, the the biggest part of it is gonna be the big light, right, that pushes that that picture through the lens. And I still would be surprised if that's more than like a couple of amps. Yeah, I but, I uh yeah, anyway. I have to and I have to deal with the biggest thing I have to deal with in this room is is heat, actually. Because the projector puts out heat, the computer sure. puts out heat, there's people in here with heat, there's books in here, mm-hmm, there's you know, mm-hmm. Um, there's you know, game systems that are on the PlayStation running. Your PlayStation Five puts out heat. Um, so if I don't, if I if I'm running my PlayStation and Lola's on the computer, which happens very often, it gets really really hot in here. Um, mm. And it's just the way our our house is set up is that if I open up the window, it just pulls air from like the rest of the house out the window. It doesn't like put cold air in. <laughs> right, the right. Suction just goes up and out. So, sure, yeah, the hot air blasts out, but then I'm just heating the outside right. in the middle of winter. Um, right, right. So, yeah, it's it's kind of a little frustrating. It, it'll be fine in the summer, I think, with cooling and such. But anyway, yeah, I I definitely have that issue in my camper. Right, yeah. it's a it's a small box. Sometimes I'm sitting in the sun. Uh, it has above average window sizes for the size of the camper, but. Um, Almost all the time, it's it's a few degrees warmer, even if it were empty. And it's not empty, right? I'm in here. Yeah. The refrigerator's running. Yeah. I've got computers on. Um, I bet. I so bet. Yeah. And that's that smaller space and all the stuff that you still want to do with it. And yeah. Um, and body body heat makes up a lot of it makes up a lot of heat. It really does. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I mean, mean that's 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 the whole plot of the Matrix. <laughs> right? Yes. Exactly. Somebody, somebody did that one day. They were sitting at home and it was all hot. And they're like, dang, human bodies are a lot of energy. And then they're like, let's make up a movie. And the Wachowskis. Um, so, wow, that was a lot to go into for me playing Zelda. But I used to, when it was hooked up, kind of the, the end result of all this discussion is that I used to, when it was hooked up, I would play once a year. I would play through The Legend of Zelda, <laughs> Link to the Past, and I would play through Super Mario Brothers. Like, uh, yeah, Super Mario Brothers, not Super Mario World. I, I, that takes too long. Uh, sure. But, but Super Mario, uh, Super Mario Brothers on the Nintendo, like the Nintendo. Actually, I played the All Stars version. But anyway, uh, I play those okay. two, and you can play through them like Legend of Zelda in a weekend and Mario in a, an hour or two, right? Less than that. Not even sure. the speedrunner. Um, so I, that's what I did this weekend. I went through and decided to start, go play and play through Link to the Past, which I haven't done in three years now. And it's amazing how much I have forgotten. Um, so, um, there's, there's a light world and a dark world in that game, three dungeons in the light world, seven in the dark world. And I am in the... Dungeon five of seven in the dark world. So I'm getting close to the end of the game. Uh, it's been about a day or so. Uh, so yeah, it's, nice. it's the, I, I, the thing I want to say about that. I was thinking about even as I was playing, it's like the game holds up. 
Obviously, I haven't played sure. it so much, but it's it's excellent. It's just it's not difficult, but it's got a little bit of difficulty to it. It's it knows that the controller isn't a high precision controller, so you don't have to make high precision Fortnite moves to you know mm. to aim in and zoom in and headshot a thing across the way. Uh, the so so no scope. Yeah, so you can like it's just made really really well, and the boss. Everything from like to the bosses. The bosses go where they're challenging enough that like you hit, you have to hit him six times and or a boss, let's say, right? And five is is pretty hard, and the six is the one you always die on. And then when you finally hit him the sixth time, you're like, oh, that was the last one I needed. That's kind of how well that game is kind of made put together. The, is that the bosses are just very evenly balanced, you know, that where it gives you a challenge. Okay but not too much of a challenge, you know? Sure. Um, things that are, are really hidden, like that you wouldn't know because there's without cryptic clues aren't important to the game. Like they're not like if I get the ice wand, it's cool item to have and it's neat, but I don't need it. Yeah, cool. Or, or the whistle that takes you, you know, like you, that you can teleport around the map or you can just walk there. Right. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. this, this is how game design is, is supposed to be made that has all these cool extra things that if you figure them out, you get a worthwhile reward, but you don't have to, and it doesn't break the game if you don't have it type thing. Sure. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's just an excellent game. It's, it's my favorite Zelda. I have not played breath of the wild yet. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really enjoying running through it. I, it's always amazing when I walk by a tree and I know that, Oh, I think I'm supposed to hit that tree. Uh, and I remember my memory comes back from ever ago. Nice. Uh, so anyway, wow. How, how, how was your last week? Uh, what are you, where are you up to these days? Um, we didn't talk about this last week because just like this week, I think we launched into some topic right from the, right from the intro. Um, I'm back in Texas. Yeah. Um, dodging the, uh, the cold weather. Um, it was, I think, mid-60s and overcast today, which okay. to me is just about ideal. I also don't mind a little cooler, like 60 and sunny, like the 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 heat from the sun, if I'm standing out and not in the shade, um, feels really nice when it's just a little bit cool. If it gets yeah. warm, the sun is like, Ah, no, I'm looking for shade, but <laughs> if it's a little cooler, um, it's nice. And it, you know, as I said last year around this time, the temperature fluctuates here just like it does in the Midwest. I'm not that far from the Midwest. I'm in not capital E East Texas, I don't think. I'm about an hour east of Dallas, which is okay. still um, still fairly north, right? It's I'm probably about an hour ish drive from Oklahoma. Um, maybe a little Texarkana. You're in the Texarkana area. I, I did go through Texarkana, uh, on my way here. Um, I, 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 this is the first time I found out that that's an actual place and not just a region was when you posted that you were there. I was like, yeah, it's, it's a real time. And, and, and there are a couple of those, like there's a, um, there's an Arkadelphia, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but uh, it's like Philadelphia, but it's in Arkansas. Okay. Um, uh, Texarkana is on the border of Texas and Arkansas. Um, I also didn't realize that 
um, West Memphis is not, and I mean, who knows what they call the western part of Memphis, but West Memphis is its own town, own city, on the other side of the state line from, because Memphis is on the border between Tennessee and, uh, and Arkansas. And I was like, oh, that's, uh, maybe I noticed that last year because I drove through Memphis at the same time last year. There's one of those, um, I think there are multiples of these, those giant Bass Pro Shops pyramids. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> okay. uh, the, the memes of those things. It's very hard to miss because it's close to the interstate and it's huge. There's a giant glass pyramid and has a big Bass Pro logo on it. It's like, yep, this is what France has the Louvre and in America <laughs> we have this. We have the Bass Pro Shops. That's funny. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, the things you see when you're traveling the world, right? Right, right. Oh, um, I've not done too much here. I went for a couple of longer walks over the weekend. Um, I have a dog with me. I don't know if I've talked about that on the, on the oh, podcast before. You have before. like an actual puppy dog you got with you? I do. I do. What? Yep. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think you've told anybody that. <laughs> I definitely talked about it on one of our game nights and oh. like turned my camera around so, so people could see her. Um, she's a golden retriever, female. Uh, English cream, as they say, which is not a recognized and officially recognized breed variant of golden retrievers, but they're basically golden retrievers with a white coat instead of the red gold coat that um, the more the more standard golden retrievers have. Yeah. Um, and what, what's her name? Angel. Angel. So how <laughs> how are how are you uh, dealing with uh, sharing the space? Pretty good. She's she's a little older. She's about eight, so she's real laid back. Um, she doesn't uh, she doesn't have accidents in the camper except once when I went to the rocket center in Huntsville, which I don't know if I talked about that. I probably did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, that one you did. And I left her. She was alone here for probably over five or six hours at the time because I hit some traffic coming back. And, and Huntsville was over an hour from the campground. It was further than I thought. Um, but other than that one time, she never has accidents. She is just, she'll chill and sleep or she'll go for walks. And you get to take and, her out every day because you're like in a little camper place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pr- pretty pretty nice for her. Right? It seems like it would be an actually good, good spot. It's not much just take her out there. Yeah, gives me a good, uh, Living good in a reason campground. to... To, to step outside a few times a day, try to try to go for a walk once a day, unless I, it's hard in the winter because there's not a lot of sunlight. My, my workday starts kind of late. And so sometimes by the time I'm done working, it's already getting dark. Um, but I'm working around that, try to go at lunchtime or whatever and get us both a little exercise. And that's so cool. I, I, I have, I have often thought even today of all times we bring this up about, having a dog like i absolutely love dogs i i just think they're incredible but yeah um they're a lot it's a lot of responsibility yeah. you know a lot of people a lot of people want a puppy and i understand the motivations for that like you get the most time right because dogs don't live as long as people yeah. and if you have a family right you want to postpone the immense sadness that will happen. I don't mean to sound flippant about that. No, that's, that's all very true. Very good thoughts um, to think about when getting a dog, right? 
And and for me, I'm like, oh, you have to. And I know this this time period does not last very long. It's not as bad as or as bad. It's not as protracted as like being a real parent or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you have a whole like up to two year period where they're still kind of in puppy mode and they, uh, you know, will have accidents in the house and they'll as yeah. they're growing and developing, they they can be destructive, even a even a um, friendly, incredibly gentle breed like golden retrievers will still like non furniture and stuff like that when they're when they're uh, puppies. And, and I'm like, and her 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 small limited space, it's got to make it even worse. Right? Yeah, and I'm like that. All of that sounds pretty awful to me. But yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that is that is not the case with her. Like I said, she's older, so you know, yeah. I won't have as much time but um she's you know real real easygoing anytime we see other people around at the campground she always wants to say hi and get attention and it's great yeah i i agree i that that uh it's terrible that that you that's something you think about but it's it is a fair and right thing to think about is like you know the sadness that's going to come along with getting this stuff I usually don't think, I always think all of the positives and happy times you're going to have, but it, it that's the thing that, that stops me from, well, one of the two things that stops me from getting a dog is that the last time I had my best buddy ever and uh, he passed away and it was, it was very, 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 very difficult. Um, yeah. I, I've mentioned this on the thing show, so I, I don't rush back into that again, right? Right. Um, and right. then the, uh, the second one is that, that they are a lot. You know, you, they are a creature that is as emotions and feelings and thoughts, you know, they're not as intelligent as us, but they still have those kind of things. So you want to make mm-hmm. sure that they're always entertained and they're always stuff. And, and I'm, I have a full time thing with my kids, you know, so it's, that that's a <laughs> yeah. thing that's, yeah. it's hard to do. And I know if I had it, my kids would enjoy it for a little bit, but not give them the attention that they, I think that they should have as a, sure. as a, a creature you know, in, in the mm-hmm. world. Um, so those two things ha- have kept me from doing it, but I always, I, I do often sit there like in the game room and I'm thinking like, it'd be great to have a little buddy come in walking in and, you know, hang out and sit down and mess around. Mm-hmm. But, but, but I think those wants and needs are the worst thing for people to get a dog for. Right. The worst reasons you mean? Yeah. Just cause it's a very yeah. selfish type stuff. Yes. You have sure. that symbiotic, love and emotional thing with each other, but you you can't just look at them as when you need them. Right. Um, So yeah, I gotta, I'd like my girls to have a dog, especially Lola to have, have a dog. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think there's one in the future, but um, it's good to hear that you've got one there. Cause that's really awesome. I mean, I know your old family's got dogs and stuff, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was a, on on the road, a sort of, we 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 did it as a trial um i picked her up uh just after thanksgiving mm-hmm. and uh kept kept her with me you know intending at least until christmas and i was like well if it doesn't work out you know if it's too difficult in in this you know cuz it's kind of small space in camper yeah. Yeah. um you know then i can i can take her back and of course my family have so many dogs up at the farm they have facilities and obviously people there who will give her attention and all that stuff. I'm not 
worried about that. Right. Um, and, but that ended up not being the case. She's, you know, she's over there curled up sleeping right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's excellent. That's, that is excellent. You know, and, and also just having, it's so silly, at least for me. I know, if anything I've learned in life is that people are vastly different on spectrums from each other, needs and wants and everything. I like to talk to people. Like when I was had a summer without Sydney here, I would, okay. you know, and I was during COVID time, I would talk to the toaster, right? Just mm. not to that that extent, but you know, like, hey, how's it going? Just talking to myself in the kitchen type stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So, so being on the road like you are all the time. Granted, you talk to people at work all the time, but still having having a, a night and day and morning and type person or thing to be around is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, well, that's good. Good news. Um, okay, so what else we got? We got video games is what we were kind of on. Um, I played. I bought a new game, Dennis. I bought. Yeah. I finally bought, decided to go ahead and buy Midnight Suns. It's the new um, game, uh, role playing game from Firaxis. They're the guys that make XCOM games. Okay, I thought that sounded familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And the XCOM, XCOM games are, I've always been interested in them. I think I bought two of them, uh, but I, I bounce off of them pretty hard. Um, yeah, I've, I've never been, I don't know if I bought any of them, but I think I looked into them enough to go, maybe there was a time in my past where I could have played a game like that. Yeah. Um, but it is not this day. Yeah. Uh, I, that's smart. I go, I'm going to, I'm going to not, it's like civilization. Or yeah, um, yeah. several of those franchises where I'm like, this is going to... Not that I don't... Not that I can't open up Factorio and waste an entire afternoon. Um, On or spreadsheets, a, a whole, sure. A whole, a whole Saturday. But um, something about that and maybe the, the like punishing nature of it. I tried Final Fantasy Tactics for about 40 minutes. And yeah. several of my characters died permadeath. And I'm like, yeah, this is not for me. Yeah, I no, I'm th- those are all good mentions in the the realm of what I'm discussing here with that. Yeah. And so Midnight Suns is the combat area. Okay, so it's an RPG first. I'll say that much. Okay? Okay. It it's got a lot of of talk, you know, and story and interactions between the characters and there's whole systems for friendships and whether they like you or don't like you and um do do you go light side or dark side type st- choices type things? There's mm. you know big w- wheels, what they call conversation wheels and such. Sure, um, sure. So it, it definitely is the majority of that, but it's got it's it's um the combat is tactical in the way that like an XCOM is. But I always think of XCOM if people haven't played an XCOM game, think of it as like a miniatures game with a hex grid. Um, but usually it's set with like um, in a Diablo 3D isometric type view in most of their games. Uh, so you're just kind of or or like you said in um, Final Fantasy Tactics, but you know more modern. Um, so that's a lot of the, how their games. This doesn't do that. There's no like hexagonal stuff, but you have it's kind of a mixture between tactics and card a card game. So every okay. character that you choose has a deck of eight cards that is specific to that, to them. Uh, the, the, each of the cards is an ability. 
that they can do in combat or support or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, I've played and, games like this. Yeah, and, and you draw four cards, and then you can, like, say, let's say Iron Man has a Repulsor Blast, right? And you select a guy, Repulsor Blast, and he just goes to the spot and then shoots the guy and ends there. There's none of this, like, he has to have four movement to get over to this one area, then he's got to be aimed this way at 45 degrees and then make sure it lobs. None of that. It's just choose the blast card that does eight damage to this guy. Okay. And, and that's, that's it. Like, that's really nice. And then they do a lot of the stuff with that with um, like, it's got a knockback. So it pushes it into the other character and does double damage or something. Um, mm-hmm. So, but, but it's all introduced and, throughout the game pretty they keep it not x xcom level of complexity they keep it low right okay. where there's some things with criticals and movement with some of it but not as much therefore you're enjoying combat instead of um you know think I, it, those xcom games or even like the final fantasy tactics games i'd play one board and it would take like an hour and i'd be exhausted mm-hmm. after it. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And, and this one and i don't want to do anymore that's why i'd bounce off of them um, and mm-hmm. this one, you know, combat doesn't last but like 15 minutes at, at most, and you can go through and do the cool stuff. It's very animated, very cool, very Marvel. Um, and every character's eight cards are awesome. By the way, major part of the game is you find new cards, create new cards, which are abilities, and you have to have a deck of eight, so you're always switching it in and out. So in that sense, it's kind of a deck builder type thing. Okay. Uh, not deck builder during the game, but, you know, you make your deck. Um, and yeah, then, yeah, like and then by like getting better friendships, uh, completing quests, you get uh, special cards and upgrade the cards, make more damage, do more moves, do whatever, which is very, very cool. Um, so it's got a n- nice, fun combat system. It's got a really good comic book story. It feels very comic booky. The Midnight Suns are a group of, um, they're the magic people in Marvel. I don't. I don't know if you said this was a Marvel game, but yeah, I'm, sorry, I'm picking up that. Yeah, it, so it's it's the magic people and people who are magic adjacent, and then they throw in a couple who aren't, just to be different. Um, so like Doctor Strange and yep. um, uh, it's hard to uh, say anybody uh, else, DC, right? Like, I don't yeah. know <laughs> uh, because they're all like C-listers usually, and and they are. Sure. Um, so there's Doctor Strange in this game. There is. Uh, Magic, which is Colossus's sister, she plays. She's Ileana Rasputin, so she's like queen of limbo. Um, obviously, nobody okay. knows her unless you read X Men. And I know Rasputin. She's she was actually in a, a Marvel TV show recently. I want to say Runaways. I think is what they had. Um, um, yeah, sure. Nico, which is also another runaway person, great character. Is she a cat? No, she is. She's her power is really kind of interesting. So there was this comic. We're getting really tangy here. There's this N- comic book. Nico series. is is Japanese for cat. That's why. Oh, is it what it is? Uh, there's there's this great comic book series called Runaways, good 10, 15 years ago, where all of the uh, these six kids found out that their parents are arc supervillains, and they meet once a year, every year, to like get together and catch up in this secret meeting type stuff. But it's like taking your kids to the bowling alley. They all hung out together. They didn't know their parents were downstairs doing terrible evil stuff they were just upstairs at the mansion hanging out Um, i think i watched the tv show of that for like three episodes probably yeah the comic book series is great so anyway 
Nico's one of the characters in that one, and her mom was a wizard or witch, and she has had this staff that is really it's a neat power that she can. It's like a wishing staff, basically gives you anything you want, but you the same spell can never be cast twice, and you just cast a spell by saying what you want. Uh, write my term paper. Okay, it writes a term paper for you, but you can never say those words together. Write a term paper ever again for it to do anything. So you, she has to kind of come up with different ways to say things all the time, and she can never. Okay, repeat herself. that's interesting. Yeah. So wait, that that's just a Nico thing, but she's in this character. Um, Ghost Rider's one of them in there. He's very like magically person. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And the the so odd ones far. that they've thrown in here so far are oh Agatha Harkness. You know her from Wandavision. Agatha. Yep. Yep. She's yeah. a witch. Yep. She's it was, she's in this it was one. Agatha all along. Yep. Agatha and and Agatha is not a bad person in the normal. Marvel. She's a good person. They just kind of okay. made her bad in MCU. Um, Wanda is in it. I'm not. I'm not entirely convinced how bad she is in the MCU, considering yes. uh, spoilers for Strange Mom. Uh, uh, Wanda ended up being a villain. So Correct. What is and that? and yeah. Agatha, Agatha had the Darkhold, which makes you evil. Wanda's, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Remember the Snake Staff. Yeah, it's a reference oh. from Return of Jafar. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 all it's uh, yeah. And Agatha, by the way, has her own series coming out on Disney Plus as well. So most likely she's going to be in a, being a good person. Sure. Uh, anyway, sure. Agatha's in it, um, and uh, Wanda's. She'll in join it. up so, with Elaine with whatever she's doing that nobody cares about. Nobody cares about uh, the the other two things characters that so far. There's other ones I haven't added to the team yet because I don't know. I know I've seen them on the boxes, but I don't know what they are. Um, Iron Man's in it and Captain Marvel's in it. So they, they bring like characters who aren't mystic in there. They're, so they're kind of like your relation point to all this craziness. Um, and then you actually make a character. Like you, the main character is someone you make, which is really cool. Actually, it's fully voiced. Unlike these mm. other games where you don't, you just hear, you know, the words written. Um, sure. They, which I love. I love having that. I hate in RPGs how, you're just like a nameless or a voiceless character in RPGs. Um, th- this person is definitely a main character in this in this game. So, so I like it a lot so far. We've talked enough about it just to say that I I'm, I played a good all weekend long. It was Zelda and this game, um, and I'm not even anywhere near half. Not even near. Um, I'd say thirty percent at most, and I'm really enjoying my time. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that I got it. It was on sale. Still on on Steam sale. Um, nice. I did play some Soulstone Survivors. Um, that's about that for that one. Um, yeah, we talked about that. I think last week or the week yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just you know play a little bit of that here and there. It's it's a quick, easy thing to play. Um, let's see. Only thing I'd say about it is I I took a break from Forbidden West. Not that I'm breaking breaking from it to play Midnight Suns, but. Just kept running that Uncanny Valley we talked about a little bit for me. It was getting mm. like a little, little weirded out on it. Um, sure. I'll come back to it, though. Um, I also have to play. I might boot up Last of Us Part 2 because Last of Us is out now, which neither of us got a chance to the watch. The series, yeah. There's just one episode. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have to. It's interesting. They, they didn't release more than one. Sometimes they'll do like three, you know. Yeah, this one is, I think it's HBO, and they don't, I don't think they do that multiple episode thing yeah. like Disney sometimes does. Well, ho- hopefully it uh, it works out for them. So, yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard anything about it yet, and 
avoiding any kind I of spoilers. I haven't heard much. I heard a, a little positive, but I never played the game, so that's going to be different for me. Um, no, that'll be excellent. I'm actually glad. Like, you know how you can get intimately involved in a game story, but yeah, you think it's a great story, but Street Fighter doesn't have a good story, actually. You know, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah. uh, it's it's interesting, and the and the bar for video game adaptations is historically low. So yes, but this is not, as I understand it, and like I said, I've never played it. The Last of Us is less of a game and more of a interactive story um so that's a different you know but i would have said kind of the same thing about uncharted um and the uncharted movie was a complete like random mismatch departure from the game so yes yeah i thought i remember the first half of that being okay the second half being just awful and then you're right yeah it's not really the kind of not really the yeah it just gets and 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 i heard so many negative uh um reactions to it that i was like okay well this will be what it is i've got nothing else to do on a saturday evening and i'm just gonna watch it and through most of it i was like yeah this is fine it seems a lot like the game sure he's gonna jump and he's gonna hang and almost fall but he's gonna make it um it opens with him surviving a fall out of a plane which is exactly how uncharted 4 starts you'd like yeah Okay, sure, yeah, this is what we're doing. And then by the end, it's just so comically absurd, like, even beyond video game logic, like, you yes. know, okay, okay, stop, just stop. They they just went too long. Or It wasn't a long movie, I think it was like an hour and a half, but it still was like, just too, too much. Um, yeah. Right, which is which is unfortunate, but that's, that's fine. Um, yeah, uh, that's all I got really for video games that, that I have for me. Coming up, but still, you know, plunking along with them. Um, yeah, yeah. You want to move over to some? We got today. We got board games and movies. What, what are you thinking? Um, I have a game from the holidays, not really from the holidays, but a game that I played over the holidays that we didn't get to last week. I don't think. Um, it's called Trails. Okay. It's by. Oh man, I'm completely blanking on the publisher. Um. Anyway, they just have a couple of games, and I think most of them are this kind of um, outdoors, landmark, national park kind of theme. Are they made? Are they the kind of company that made Parks? Yes. Okay. Um, I've not played Parks. Um, oh, that was fun. I played it once, I think, at a game night or something. Yeah, I'm assuming Trails is thematically similar. Um, so this is a game where... You have a set of tiles, and they're the same every game. You just shuffle the ones in the middle. Um, okay. There's a there's a start and an end, or a trailhead and a trail end. And your uh, little meeple has a face, but not a face face, but like they're holding a, I think they're holding a walking stick or something. Okay. And so there's a, it's a wooden meeple, right? So it's just an outline that's thick, cut into wood, but it has a direction, right? Okay. And so you go forward one tile at a time. There are only five in between the start and the end, and you can go one or two. And then you have a, I don't know how detailed I should get in the mechanics, but um, you have a one time, not really one time, but once per round trip token called a canteen 
that you can use to move any number of spaces. Okay. And then you refill it when you get back to the trailhead, back to the beginning. Right. Um, and each time a player gets to the trail end, they move this little sun token with an arrow pointer on it down one space. It has three spaces at the trail end, and then for the rest of the trail, it moves through those those tiles in the middle. Okay. And when it moves off of a tile, it flips over to its night variant, um, okay. which usually makes it more powerful. Like, there Got are it. three resources, and in day mode, stopping on that square gives you one resource, and in night mode, you get two. Okay. And then when the sun token gets all the way to the beginning, the game's over. Um, and so it has this sort of, like, it's sort of a fixed number of turns, but because people can use that canteen and because some people can use, you know, they can move two spaces a lot to kind of race through it, um, it can, there could be a little bit of a um, disparity in number of turns. All right. Um, and then the, the wild card element is that there's a bear, um, on a trail, always the scariest thing. Yeah, and if you land on the space with the bear, it's actually good. Still uh, I mean, I assume thematically you're like seeing it from a distance, so it's not a threat oh, okay. to your person. But you're like, <laughs> oh, I saw the, I saw a bear. It was so bear. cool. Um, when you land on the space with the bear, there's a die, and the die has faces for the different um, um, tiles on the board. And you roll the die, and whichever face is showing, the bear moves to that tile, and then you can perform the action on that tile. So you get, like, two two actions on your move instead of one, but the second action is random. Okay. Um, and then the goal of the game is to either collect... Uh, there's a word for them. They're badges, right? Like, uh, like scout badges that are really just quests. I call them quests. Um, there are two at each end of the trail, and then you have one secret one. And you complete them by turning in those resources. And you have a hard resource cap of eight. And there are three resource types. You collect these resources, you get to either end of the trail, you score those, or you collect, uh, you complete those quests. And then one of the tiles is a take a picture tile. And the pictures are just... A, a random deck of cards that have a point value on the front, and some of them have birds. Uh, and some of the quests have birds, too, or badges, I should say. Then at the end of the game, you add up all your points. Uh, whoever has the most birds gets a plus four bonus tile. It's like Longest Road or whatever. Okay. Um, and whoever has the most points wins. Um, oh. It's not super complicated, right? I can... I just explained all the mechanics uh, from memory. There are three tiles for the three resources, one for pictures and another one um, that lets you exchange, like trade in one resource for two of a different resource. Yeah. Um, and then the quests or the, the badge turn-ins are at either end of the, of the board. And you can, you can score or you can collect... You can complete, I use the right terminology here, <laughs> you can complete multiple badges uh, at a time. You just need the resources for all of them. And because you're capped at eight, 
it's usually pretty difficult to do more than two. Okay. Um, and that's the game. It plays, I think, at least four and maybe five. You can see how it would be. It would be a little crowded with more than uh, with more than four or five. I think yeah. it might just be four. Um, but it's pretty cool. It's not. It's not very big either. The box is probably around the same size as like Bang the Dice Game or Point Salad. A lot of those game night games. They're kind of medium sized. Yeah. Because the tiles are a little big. The we we played two weeks now we played a game oh, what was the name of that game it was called uh terra nova it's okay made by the people who made terra mystica terra mystica i remember you talking about this yeah um it's like a more casual friendly yeah, yeah. terra mystica i don't Just mean that in a bad way terra, terra mystica is a notoriously um difficult game i went through a I went through a phase with that game trying to really stretch myself as a person and 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 figure it out, figure out how to mm-hmm. achieve goals and not just be doing random because it's one of those games where you can you can achieve your goals on every turn and still like come in last place. Yeah. And our buddy Pete, who we rave about a lot, um was really good at that game and I was in a game, I think he was not in that game, so he was freely just giving me advice, and he would explain through his thought process, he's like, you're here, and if you do this and this and this, then you're spending this many turns and these this many resources to get these points, but if you do this, and Fox doesn't do this, then you do this and this, and I'm like, it's going to take me 20 minutes just to parse all that information you just gave me, I don't know how I would even fathom coming up with it myself. Yeah. The Just the, like, the thinking involved in having a strategy for this game. It, it's, and, a, it's, a yeah. dice, it's a diceless, randomless game, like chess. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, it's very much like chess, but with, you know, four or five players instead of just one opponent. Yeah. And the only... As you said, the only random element, if I'm remembering correctly, is what your opponents do. Because there are limited, um, like if, well, there are limited spaces on the board. So if your opponent goes in a space you were hoping to get to, now you have to adjust your. Well, that's, that would be the same as chess, right? Like anything that, that they move, you have to move. Kind of right, stuff, right. That's, that's what I mean. There's, yeah. there's no randomness in chess except for your opponent. Right, which, which, um, and, which and that's, that's how why is too. He, as Pete told you, if he goes there, then he go here. If they go there, so you you can always tell what another player might do, and then go through the permutations. And 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 I like that concept in general because you know randomness isn't big sure. for me. We talked about this a little bit last week, so you know um, won't go too much about it. But uh, yeah, it's. Terra Mystica is fine for all the reasons you said and not fine for all the reasons you said. Um, it was, it was, uh, so there's a lot of things being a chess type game. There's a lot of things you have to keep in your head. A lot of yeah. mechanics, you know, like, okay, if he goes here, then there's there. So it's one of those in chess, you have all the pieces and those pieces can go only a limited number of spaces. Cause they all have a very strict way to go. 
So the right. things you have to keep in your head are all the possibilities of the possible things those however many pieces are can go, right? Mm-hmm. And then it gets worse as you think the next move if for each one, right? And then for each one mm-hmm. it goes through. But in a game like Terra Mystica, there's, you know, that times 10 for every, you know, yeah. turn. Um, and so what they did is basically took in Terra Nova, they took some um, mechanics and sections, things you know that you might have to think about out of the game. And just so you, that's one other form of attack that you wouldn't have. Like there's a priest sidebar mini game type, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they took a lot of that out and played it. Uh, we, we played it on a game night. It was fine. I came in second. Captain Chris won. And uh, I still, I didn't have anything bad about it. Same thing with Terra Mystica. It just, that exact reason that you mentioned and described, I don't know if I can put myself into that. Right? It's just, right. it's, it's, and it might be just because I'm older or what. I don't know if that's an excuse. But, um, <laughs> you know, ha- having to think 17 steps and ahead. And that, that lends itself to some people who play it regularly all the time or think about it all the sure. time. Sure. Um, and I just don't play that, that game, that one game, often enough to do that. Or I don't play a game often enough to do that anymore. I used to do that with when we play legacy games, but that's about it. So Terra Nova, it's, it's, it's an, I would say, improved version of Terra Mystica, but it's not. It's kind of a side grade of Terra Mystica. And um, because it's, it's not, Terra Mystica is not bad and not in need of improvement. It just slims some things down for it. Still not a, not a short game. I think we got it in an hour, hour and a half. Um, and enjoyed it enough. Uh, I played one, one deck galaxy. I played that with our buddy Trotsky and we have too much analysis paralysis to be playing games together in general. Yeah. So. I think, I think you said that, uh, yeah. two ago. Yeah. So that, that, that's that one. Uh, but I, I haven't really played a, a lot of other board games. We're, we're going to play a game tomorrow night called heat, uh, that Trotsky is super excited about. That's mm-hmm. a car racing game. If I recall. Yeah, and I'm that theme is my least one of my least favorite themes. So, <laughs> um, I just can't get into to, to car racing games. Not that I can't get into car racing; it's fine. Uh, but car racing games uh, just isn't my milieu. And hmm. but I, Trotsky insists that this will be one up my alley. So so we'll uh, like it. We'll, uh, we played Find another out. game. Uh, oh shoot. Um, I know I'll I'll think of it later when when we're we're coming into it, but um, on, through board game arena, uh, we played on. I think we you you popped in maybe last week on it. Um, it's a wonderful oh, world. It's a wonderful world. Yeah, you all were already in the middle of that game when I joined, and so I sort of half listened, but I wasn't really following along. I like it. It's 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 a game that. Um, it's a re- it's an engine what they say engine building game right buy a thing sure. make make your engine better by the end that you're getting the big points um it's a, also a game that has like five fairly short turns each one are short not very long or too complicated mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or could be but but they they don't take a lot to them um so right. if you make a mistake in the first one and you don't get your engine going until round 3 well you pretty much lost because hmm. people people have there's only five in the game they're not very long and 
if you people have to get their engine going and have a plan on round one. Um, yeah, I know our our buddy Trotsky is a little bit of a an optimist. Yeah, and he likes to say that there's no such thing as um like a like a guaranteed loss, like a foregone losing being a foregone conclusion. However, you yeah. want to say that. Uh, but there, but there, I mean, there's definitely the, the, the general theme of what he's implying is that if you give up, you know, if you stop trying, you're going to lose. And if you, if you keep trying, you might still lose, but you might win, but you're not going to win if you, if you give up and stop trying. And it's reductive, of course, the way that I'm describing it. Um, but there are definitely games where that's true. Um, we have been playing again more um ocean explosion on board game oh, arena sure All right. um and i've played that game enough to know that at least with the group i'm playing who have all played it a lot uh if you spend your first turn and don't complete any potions you're not going to win um that game is a lot of luck uh, because you, there are marbles that you don't see that'll that'll fall, and sometimes just the layout of the marbles. Obviously, the layout of the marbles is random, right? I've never played it in real life, but if you dump the marbles in that thing, they're going to come into the the channels, uh, the tracks randomly. Yeah. And so, if it gets to your turn and you see that, like, without using the get help, you can pull a marble and you're going to get three chain reactions and have. 11 marbles to work with um you're gonna do well and the games where i've won um are when i get lucky like that a lot of times and if you don't get lucky early on um you're not gonna you're not gonna win you might do all right but um there's a good chance you're gonna be in last or or close to last place and that's that's kind of a bummer for games it is and and i i'm I think I'm fortunate enough to see that perspective on this kind of a thing. So uh, without talking anything about the game itself, except that it's an engine builder um, and it's got a steampunky theme kind of to it. Um, okay. It's, it, it's, it's a fun game. I actually really enjoyed it and I think I would enjoy it more, but, but around turn three, I realized that I had no chance, right? Like mm. I, I, I started to come to grips with the, what the game was and get it. I'm like, Oh, well, had I known this, I would go back and change all the things I did, right? Um, sure. And and then so once the five rounds over, which wasn't good half hours, all it was uh, for us to play, and I would play it again. So I I do recommend It's a Wonderful World as a thumbs up. I I liked it a lot. Um, came in dead last by far, um, <laughs> but but it it is it is got enough strategy to it. It's kind of the the level of strategy is like century or century golem. Okay. You know, k- kind of that level. You kind of kind of know what you're doing, kind of have an idea, you mm-hmm. know. Um so but the game goes pretty quick that you don't have to worry about it being a problem forever because the game's over. Yeah, know? it it helps those uh those sort of foregone conclusion games if the games uh, runtime is not the right word. Playtime, I guess, uh, is not very long. I mean, that's yes. true of a lot of things, right? If, if, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's a big one, right? If you're, if you're almost certain you're going to lose, or even if you do lose, if you're, 
you know, if your enjoyment of the experience is closely tied to winning or losing, um, it can be affected a lot by the game's playtime, right? If I'm, yeah, I'm going to be bummed out that I lost, but at least the game only took half an hour. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't spend my whole afternoon uh, just to lose. Yeah, and and that's that was how I felt with this one. I got I was able to to lose and feel like yeah, that was that was good. I I appreciate what what it, what could have been, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah. would play again so so that you know um, I I can do better. Uh, nice. So anyway, yeah, that was good. I I did enjoy that one uh, pre- pretty well. And and we're gonna do like so we're gonna do heat in in person. Uh, we're really talking about starting a legacy up again. I think. Um, uh, I think your brother might be joining us. We might have Andrew on our yeah. on our yeah. normal thing, uh, which is nice. We'll put us at six or seven consistently. We could start a a legacy game or two legacy games. Where we're both Trotsky and are both excited about uh, getting yeah. happening. Yeah, I know uh, that so, was kind of the origin of that Tuesday group. And uh, yeah, I'm but then again, Trotsky just brought Zombie Side, so it's. The worst part about him is he keeps going. He's like he loves legacy games, but he also wants to buy a new game a week. Right. You know. So he. Well, I know, I know. Andrew is a big is a big fan of of Zombicide, and I assume. Well, I'm not entirely assuming this because I'm pretty sure Trotsky literally said something to this effect in our Discord. Um, with The Last of Us out, he's in the mood for zombie things. Oh, that makes sense. Is Zombicide like a campaign at all? I don't know. I think it's more like a um oh, it's been a long time since we talked about this, so I'm forgetting all our all our terminology. Um I think it's more like mechs versus minions. Yeah, um okay. so it's got some more, campaign things where you tell more stories. campaign and less legacy. Like the things you do yeah. don't affect you from game to game, but there are maybe a series of missions you're trying to complete. Oh, makes sense. Well maybe maybe that's what they, they played instead of that one. So that that would be bad. The other one we're definitely going to be on the table is uh, the Middle Earth, uh, Journeys in Middle Earth game, mm. uh, which we played through the first campaign and then stopped right. it. We were done. And then since then, like two campaigns have come out. So it, we played it two or three times, I think, with all with the groups, uh, mm. different groups. And mm-hmm. uh, really enjoyed it so we're gonna we're really looking forward to some new ones now so playing going journeying back to middle earth for lord of the Rings stuff i can tell you this much right now i am betting that justin will not be in the middle earth group (laughs) he's he's not a lord of the rings fan not a lord of the rings fan all right so let's uh let's change over in our last 25 minutes let's switch over to some movies um a couple things we're gonna hit we're gonna talk about our uh, movie of the week and it's sneakers this week mm-hmm. um you and i will spend a little time on leslie nielsen we both watched wrongfully accused which is just out of the blue our yep, buddy aaron yeah. that recommended it yeah um blame aaron for that one there was the golden globes which i did not watch um, nor did i but do you know if like uh did all i think i was really the only person thing I'm rooting for in any of these kind of award stuff is anything everywhere because I think it was one of those things that everything everywhere. I hope mm-hmm. everyone in the world recognizes. Um, do, do you know if they won anything at all noteworthy? Yeah, let me let me see if I can find my ballot because was it, was it you and I that had a, had a big discussion about that it was nominated for comedy or some kind of nonsense? Well, that's the Golden Globes, and that's a whole different topic. We don't we don't have to get into they they split things 
they split their categories uh, between first of all between TV and film, and then within TV and film, they have um, musical or comedy, which is very strange. Like I understand separating comedy and drama, but putting musical with comedy seems weird to me. I know that you know. I mean, Les Mis was hilarious. I thought, and <laughs> and Tick Tick Boom was one of the best comedies i saw in 2021 <laughs> anyway jokes are 22 i should say um so there were a couple of these that i recognized um kehui kwan um, probably not pronouncing that right um lead uh the husband in everything everywhere one for supporting actor in the general so they have drama comedy slash musical and just a general like everything category oh they have an everything um, category okay because i know yeah, that yeah i know that it did not win for its musical or comedy one which i just it was blown away how just dumb that is but something of course something that i had never heard of before won. yeah the the banshees of inishiran won for for best musical or comedy um he I, won I for supporting kind of actor like, oh yeah i'm glad i don't that's why i don't watch the Golden globes that was uh in the general category and then michelle yao won best actress in the musical oh. or comedy category and other than that, House of the Dragon won Best Drama. Um, and Natu Natu from Triple R won uh, Best Song in the, in the song category, which is distinct from score. And, and, um, is, and, is, and were they, was RRR in musical or comedy? No, the, the music ones, score and song are not categorized. They're just a general... Um, it's like how there's also only one category for non-English and one category for animation. Um, okay. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio won for uh, animated feature and Argentina 1985 won for non-English. I don't know about that movie, but obviously I think RR should have won. I um, know that Angela Bassett won for Black Panther. And that's right. while she was the best one of that movie, I don't think it was anything to stand out. These other four people must have been terrible. And I know that Jamie Lee Curtis and Everything Everywhere was not was, terrible. Was in the that that was general supporting actress category. Uh, yes, best um, performance in a supporting role. Yeah, I've not seen the other three uh, films where where supporting actresses were nominated. Um, but yeah, Angela Bassett won for that. Which I mean, she's great. I'm not gonna. She's a great actress, performance, yeah. but it was not. I don't feel like she did. And I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis was way out of her wheelhouse and everything, everywhere. And I thought her performance was excellent in that movie. Absolutely excellent. Uh, yeah. In yeah. terms of like achievement, right? Because that's I think what people are, and I don't know, you know, who knows the minds of the people who vote on these things. But to me, it's like, did they do something different? Did they do something outside of their normal? Like, I'm not going to vote for Tom Hanks in You've Got Mail, even though he was great in that movie. He was playing the same character he always plays. Sure. Yeah. I would vote for him in, you know, something like Forrest Gump or um, what's the other one? And these are things that he won Oscars for, so it's easy for me to say this. Uh, Castaway, yeah. right? Castaway, Where, like, yeah. they do something different, something outside, something outstanding and noteworthy, right? And not just, you know, their sort of typical thing. However, uh, 
effective and successful that might be. Well, I, I can say that I will, may, and maybe even for the show, will watch the Banshees of Inishirin, and I'll give the <laughs> Golden Globes a chance. And if it's not fantastic, I will never even talk about those people. There, there are definitely <laughs> things, and I'm glad uh, our buddy Fox keeps up with this stuff and will watch most of them and then sort of cherry pick. It's a little bit like Pete is for television where I know that he's watching so many things and knows me and us fairly well so that when he recommends something to me, I'm like, okay, I know that that's not just, hey, watch all the things that were nominated for an Oscar. Um, and our um, example of that from last year was was Coda, right, which was fantastic. Coda. Fantastic. Um, that's true. Okay, they earned a lot of respect for Coda. <laughs> anyway, that's all I have to say about the Golden Globes. We should talk about our movie. Okay. All right. This week we watched Sneakers from 1992, starring Robert Redford, Dan Aykroyd, Sidney Poitier, uh, David Strathairn, um, uh, Mary McDonnell, Timothy Busfield, a bunch of people that we've seen in a bunch of other things. Right. Um, River Phoenix. This was 91, right? Uh, IMDb says 92, but 92, yeah, okay. you know, some about the same. It's directed by uh, Phil Allen Rod Robinson, um, who wrote Field of Dreams and Some of All Fears, right? A bunch of um, um, sort of well-known projects of this of this era of the 90s, mostly. Yeah. Field of Dreams um, was eighty nine, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. I, I want to start off with by the, the the title. It's called Sneakers, um, mm -hmm. and, and I I didn't know what that was. Not until like near the very end, the like kid <laughs> character says, "We pulled off the biggest sneak." The biggest sneak, like, yeah. What sneak was? Is that really a thing? Is that like I had never been heard a heist movie, which I think this is a heist movie, right? Kind of. They don't. Yeah, it's a heist movie. A hundred percent. Yeah, and call the sneak before yeah um so but but i as i go back it, and look it at almost heist in, movies yeah in it so this movie i saw very young like when i was in middle school i think um which would have been like 93 ish 94 5 maybe okay um and so I didn't realize until I was watching it just how well I know this movie. Um, most of the lines I I knew were coming. Um, and so I, I I saw this movie a long time ago, and I've seen it many times. Now, it's been 15, 20 years, but I still, you know, remember all the details. I remember, this is a weird, uh, this is probably not really a spoiler, but there's a there's an element later on where Robert Redford has to walk incredibly slow so he doesn't trip a motion sensor, motion detector. Um, and I remember as a kid being at the, well, and by kid, I mean like eighth grade, being at the bowling alley and there was a, there was a motion sensor that would light up. And I remember trying to walk like really slow to make the little LED on it and not light up, uh, which is, you know, the thing from this movie. Yeah. It, but yeah, it's it's definitely a heist and and talking about the title almost makes me think that 
maybe they were trying to avoid um some other like they maybe they didn't have a a better title for it like heist or hack or something like that it is a weird title and i don't think you know i'm i'm with you i don't think i've ever heard a heist called a sneak right it's a weird I, it, um, it did. I, i'm i'm gonna have to go back choice. and look because I, I didn't do any research after that thinking like did they did they call it a sneak because i had never heard that called a sneak before right um, so so which makes the whole title the fact that they made the whole title that was was weird um but moving away from that I had never seen nor heard of this movie. It was a 91. That was, it was in high school then. And it feels like I would have heard of this. I watched, I even watched a lot of movies back then and I, and I hadn't, mm-hmm. I will say that Robert, the name Robert Redford and Cindy, Sydney Poitier evokes serious, like mom and pop dramas that sure. when I was back in the eighties and nineties, like I, I hear those family two names, friendly. Yeah. That, that it's going to be, you know, some kind of very serious Academy Award ranked show. I hear those two names. So back then, I those were not names that I would like run out to go watch a, a movie of. Sure. I know people listening be like, what are you talking about? They're fantastic. They are. They're amazing, of course. But I was, you know, 15. I don't, you know, care mm. too terribly yeah, much yeah, about yeah. that stuff. Um, right, right. So, so I get that. But that being said, it's nice to be able to have such a huge... A library of cinema in the world that we can go back and see all these things that we'd never seen before and kind of enjoy them. Like I enjoyed this movie and I'd never heard of it, seen it, didn't know anything about the plot, didn't know what it was. Um, and then just enjoyed it all the way through there. There wasn't, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's some nitpicky things I can pick pick about, but it's definitely dated. Like they, why does every villain have to have slicked back hair and a ponytail? Um, right. But, uh, yeah, I just kind of really enjoyed it. It was just fun for what it was. I thought all of the actors, the fact that you do have good actors in there, I'm sure they took terrible lines and made them just fine. Like I, there are so many lines that were said that could have been really bad, but because they were delivered Mm -hmm. by Robert Redford, they just came off as normal, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh, he just handled it, you know? Right. Uh, which which was excellent, and and you like you said, this whole movie was stacked with all that. So e- even if it was bad writers, they all did a good job of making not not that there was bad writers. I don't even mean that way. I'm just saying that it, it wasn't a movie that got nominated for a million things, and rightfully so. Yeah. But it also yeah. It also wasn't a bad movie. I'd put it on a scale of one to ten, seven and a half, seven. You know, something like that. It's yeah, and I and it. and I buried I buried a couple of the other um um ben kingsley right sir ben kingsley i think um, oh yeah he's, he's in there up, appears partway through and then at the very end james earl jones james earl jones yeah, yeah. and and you have uh dan Aykroyd, you know which is dan Aykroyd, right in right. in a serious thing granted he's a conspiracy theorist but still he doesn't right. like throw the jokes out and there's no he's, laughter he's not him. yeah he's not doing I mean, he's sort of doing his Dan Aykroyd voice, but compared to like, um, uh, what's the music one? Blues Brothers, right? right? This is a this is a very different character. Yeah, uh, for, for sure. He, he's a character that fits in the real world, actually. So yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's that's great, you know. And Sidney Poitier, for, for an incredible actor, is he was just like part of the ensemble cast. 
Mm -hmm. uh, the young kid wasn't annoying and was in there enough, right? The only thing that was was unnecessary and is just nitpicking was the the love interest um, stands with a fist or the president uh, Rosalind Mary McDonald, yeah, yeah, Mary McDonald, which she's great. I always thought she was absolutely just strikingly beautiful and a great actress um, at that time when I was that age. Um, sure. And so she, and she was in a lot of stuff back then. Um, mm-hmm. and she was fine in this, but her character, but it did not pass the Becknell test. You know, she just right. was there for, for no reason. Yeah. Um, that's, it's very, and that's really, really the, the, uh, closest thing to harsh criticism you can get, give this movie is that it is very dated. Like obviously all the tech is very nineties, which you would expect, but also I appreciated the, all of it though. Yeah. Still. The, the, the cultural cliches, the sort of the handling of the blind character, all of that is very, uh, is very nineties. Yeah. I, I liked that they had the blind character in there. I thought he was a, an interesting way to just put it. You could have put a, a, just a computer character guy in there. Right. But right. they made it interesting because he was blind, and that was fun. And then they had the little fun driving scene, which was a little fun. Right, right, yeah. Um, and, and and played well by that actor. Love that guy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's crazy to say I don't have a lot to say about this because I don't want to spoil it. It is a heist movie. So if you like heist movies, totally watch this one. This one works in that. Um, yeah. You know, it absolutely. came out around the time A Fish Called Wanda was out. Thief was out. Mm. I think Wanda was like 88 or something like that. Um, Thief with James Caan, those kind of shows. Right. Um, so it wasn't, it's not groundbreaking and it was just another one in the line. And I don't think, um, like Ocean's Eleven came out for the, the newer ish iteration. It didn't come out until 2000, for maybe 10 years. Yeah. Something, yeah, like, something that. like that. Uh, so yeah, they're there. It's nice to have these a couple of, I enjoy them a whole lot and I enjoyed this one. I, I, for the tech, yes, definitely dated for its time, but. It, it's not it's not terribly goofy the only the most goofy thing they do is when they watch like a thing on the screen become decrypted <laughs> right yeah and, yeah and you know i remember and that it, and it's and it's like it's very and the you know the premise of like uh this is maybe a little bit of a spoiler but a, a magic decryptor box that can break any code like that's yeah. a very movie very, thing that just movie. could could not exist in real life yeah, right. um, but but I like I like the twists and turns. It's got twists and turns in it, which I mm-hmm. I like those. Um, so and played played by great act, played by a great cast. Uh, yeah, everyone yep. in here was was wonderful. You can't uh, you can't have a heist without a sudden like uh, all is lost kind of moment. Um, <laughs> That's where, right. Where yeah. it seems like everything's going to go wrong, and then yeah, and yeah. and and even the, the like the point the plot kind of in general gets shifted to times I think in here. Yeah. Like when they find out some things. Yeah. Uh, there's a point early on where you're like, Oh, they won. They did what they were supposed to do. And we're, you know, we're at like the 50 minute mark. What's going on here? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that was good. If, I thought that was, that was a nice that. little, yeah. little shift. Thing. And then they go into the third act. I'm like, Oh, cool. And I looked at the timer. And I'm, that's when I'm, I sent you a message and I was like, Oh, it's going to go a little bit longer than I thought. Cause I thought it was over. Um, and then, and then it goes in. I'm like, oh, that's. I know that the third act isn't going to be too terribly long, but it's going to be long enough to give me what I wanted. So I was like, yeah, this is cool. And when it was over, I was like, yeah, good. And it didn't drag anything out, and it just ended it. Well done. So, 
Um, thumbs up. I I I liked uh, the best part about this experience was that I had never seen it before, and that there it reminds me that there are some good, fun things to watch <laughs> that you just you don't have to go watching the dregs of new releases. You know, you can still go watch some some good things you've never seen before. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, like I said, this is a movie I saw a long time ago. It's one of those um, that my parents showed me, right? Because they're like, mm -hmm. "Oh, this is a good movie," and it's clean right there are there are adult jokes but if you don't know you know what giving head means or oh, whatever right, yeah, yeah. like like a kid a you know me as as a seventh grader didn't didn't know what that meant and so it didn't matter yeah um, it's not like shawshank redemption which is just filled with profanity yeah uh so yeah th 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 thumbs up in the shopping. we didn't go into spoilers but yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, we don't. I don't. Who I don't who would you recommend it to? Anyone who likes heist movies, like for sure. Yeah, it's for sure, it's definitely. I mean, the the guy is a. They, I mean, they're they're a not a spy group. Where are they? They're, they're I don't don't, they're, don't want to spoil the first opening act, but they're uh, thieving. They're in the thieving kind of business. Yeah, you would call them. Now you would maybe. Oh, and I say now, this is probably don't spoil also the dated. opener because the opener's got a thing. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's yeah, got thievery, okay. thievery stuff in it. Um, yeah. Uh, so mine is for next time. Uh, I am going to just give in, cave into my um, absolutely uh, heart eyes for Audrey Hepburn and watch okay. an Audrey Hepburn movie that I have not seen before called Roman Holiday. The, if anybody's an Audrey Hepburn fan right now is screaming my thing, you what? You like her and you've never watched that show? Because evidently everybody says this is the one to watch. Um, okay. So, Roman I mean, I've, I've seen it, but it's been years and years. It was when I was just out of college and really exploring uh, classic cinema. Sort of. By classic cinema, I mean almost all of the or at least half a dozen Audrey Hepburn movies. Yeah, so 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 good. She's so amazing in everything I've seen her in. So I'm, I'm lo looking forward to to, to that. So the worst part about watching some of these things is that you uh, know there's because she's passed and it's an old thing that there's no more right. being made for Audrey. No, Hepburn. no. It's such is life. Um, there are no secret demo tapes of uh, of Audrey Hepburn films. No, uh, I did watch. In the last minute we have here, I did watch. So stupid! I want to admit it. I watched uh, Twins. Uh, it was on Netflix. Twins with, with with Danny DeVito and and Arnold. Yes, I watched Twins. I have not seen it since it came out. I've like, never seen game. that, and I'm kind of surprised that I recognize it from the title. As I was saying the names, I was like, I wonder if this is the movie he means. Because it is well, well done. I feel I, like I feel like they did a couple, maybe. I maybe I not. don't know. I I know is the the one. Um, Probably, probably, I bet you they were just awful with not the main characters or something. But, right. um, well, two two things. One is that um, the the main one of the two main uh, female leads in this is oh, she was married to um, everybody's uh, drawing a blank now. Um, who was the guy in Greece? He's uh, Travolta. Travolta. Who's Travolta's? Oh, not Olivia Newton-John. No, um, that's it. That, that's from Greece, though. Kelly, something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. She she was in several things, um, but anyway, she she was in It'll this. It'll be faster one. for me to pull up. Kelly Preston. Kelly Preston, right? And and she was in this, and like she is just drop dead gorgeous. I I can't say anything sure. else besides that. But if you watch Twins, you will see that she is stunning in in the entire thing. And that's like that's her part. I don't even know if they have. I don't remember any lines she has except that she's stunning, <laughs> right? Um, and right. and I was like, oh man, she is unbelievable. I know that she was big, whatever she is. And I Googled her real quick and she was drawn to Walter's life. I was like, Oh, of course she ends up with like one of the biggest Hollywood actors of the time and, and everything sure. that, that makes a lot of sense. And then that she passed away. I was like, hmm. Oh my God, what the heck? Like it was terrible. <laughs> um, it went on quite right? a, gets anybody quite a, an emotional roller coaster there. Yeah. I was like, Oh man, you know, it's, it's one of those, what, then I watched the rest of the movie and I'm thinking like, Oh, this is, Terrible that I know that this, you know, vibrant, youthful person is going to go on and die from breast cancer. The reality of the world setting in. But anyway, yeah. um, the the long and short of the movie is a review of the movies. It's exactly what I remember it being from way back then. Uh, and it was. It's corny, uh, but Arnold is sweet and endearing and actually a great actor. Like he's great in that. Um, Danny yeah. DeVito is wonderful because Danny DeVito is amazing um, with a script straight out of the 80s and a, a synopsis of just straight out of the 80s you know like you know, these two guys that were genetically created with six dads and one mom and and <laughs> right and and all I've the never good stuff went movie. into Arnold's character and all the crap went into Danny DeVito that's straight mm. 80s right Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and then they, they go to, they come to find each other and then go look for their, for their mom. Um, okay. and it was great. I liked watching it. Um, and I would, I, I'm not going to recommend it for the show because it's, it's just too corny to talk too much about. Um, sure. but if, if anybody's got like a, you're, you you want to put something on the background and you know feel good about the, the eighties type shows, watch twins. It's, it's one that you probably missed. Um, and still fun, fun to watch, uh, especially if you like any of those characters that, that I had mentioned uh, before. Sure, yeah. I think that's what we got uh, for for us today. We could talk about more, but we're going to go over. We're already almost over here. So. Yeah, we both we both watched Wrongfully Accused. Speaking of, I thought of this when you were talking about sneakers and how they don't say the word. Uh, this Leslie Nielsen movie is the complete opposite. I think he says insistently that he's been wrongfully accused at least five or six times oh, in, yeah. this, in this night. We, we should have a whole Leslie Nielsen-like section next week. Or, Mar- or marathon, yeah. I mean, the man the man make, made, or at least, the, I bet you, we talked about this a little bit off the air, I bet he made some great, like, straight movies. I didn't realize that, that uh, Police Files, I think it's called, was a TV show. It only had, like, half a dozen episodes, or at least he was only in half a dozen episodes. But those Naked Gun movies were spin-offs of that of that show in addition oh. to being uh lethal weapon parodies of course really yeah yeah, yeah. i mean the, the movies he's known for at the time are obviously you know the naked gun movies airplane police squad dracula dead and loving it you know spy mm-hmm. hard he made and then he came back later and made things like scary he was in the scary movies and things like that right um, I did watch him in, when I was in film class in college, uh, in 1956, there was a sci-fi show called Forbidden Planet. It was a movie. Okay. And he was, like, young. Not kid young, but, like, 
middle-aged, I guess, and he was the the male lead in a sci-fi movie. Uh, Forbidden Planet is the movie that everybody thinks of uh, Lost in Space with the robot with the glass head you, know, mm-hmm. you think of from the 50s. And that's what yeah, yeah. that's what that came from. And he is the male lead as a dashing de- debonair guy. So I know at one point he was doing like non-comedy roles. Right. Um, but yeah, he, he is amazing and wrongfully accused. And uh, we should <laughs> we should talk more about him later. Yeah. yeah. All right. You've been listening to the Front Porches episode 280. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Um, special thanks to our friends at LRM Online. Uh, you can check them out for reviews and articles and news on all the things. If you want to reach out to us and tell us your favorite Leslie Nielsen movie, you can do that via email. Our address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. And if you go to our website, frontporchpodcast, front porch podcast, all one word, dot com, you can find contact forms there to reach out to us. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you'd leave us a positive review, we always appreciate that. It helps us out a lot. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Hi, everybody. See you next time. Bye.